0: This is about men radio. It's not about all men, just us men. I'm a man. Am. Blah, blah blah. <laughs> blah, 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 race, tasteless joke blah 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 insert here insert here so, so to, to speak, speak. <laughs> thank you so to speak i can hear you but i can't hear myself so that's, that's <laughs> always good <laughs> that's, that's your, good this should work out fine yeah, that's good what Do can i tap that mic i can hear that mic <laughs> i can't hear this one <laughs> yeah oh off to a swimming star boys and girls <laughs> oh you got notes and everything i got man. notes yes that's it Wow, this we're gonna actually be professional for a change. (laughs) We're gonna we're gonna try. Oh my god! Nobody's gonna believe it. Oh my god! I've been sick for a month, dude. Yeah, you look sick. You look a little worse for the wear. Yeah, well, you don't look too good yourself, pal. (laughs) I just spit all over the place. (laughs) By the way, very nice. (laughs) All right, fine. If we get through this in one piece, we'll be lucky. Yeah. All right. right. Well, what are we talking about? Well, we live in troubled times. Yeah, we do. That you is know? true. I that mean, there's just
1: true. like there's there, you know there's just a bounty of like horrible news. I mean, from things of threats from North Korea to crises in uh, the White House to mass shootings to uh, Mother Nature oh, Mother destroying us. Mother. I, you know, to quote you from another uh, popular uh, you know podcast, you mm-hmm. know Mother Nature has just had it with humanity. Yes, she has. You know, she's she like, has. okay, you you you're done, you're done. Yeah, I'm, I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm just gonna wipe you guys out of off the face of the planet. Start again, clean yeah. slate, clean but, slate. But you know, the thing we're gonna talk about it's actually it's, it's something that's been on my mind, but then was also spurred recently from uh, current events, which was the i don't know protest showdown whatever you want to call it that happened in charlottesville mm, yeah. you know you know this whole thing with taking down these monuments that were controversial because they represented a certain period of time in american history and did they rep- were they representative of simply a historical footnote of the civil war or did, were they more representative of racism i'm not going to get into that but it did get me to thinking though about our experiences with Confronting racism, and you mean our personal experience. our personal experiences, and you know we're we're sort of a unique blend in a way because you know think about it this almost sounds like the start of a joke you got you know a, a German Italian two Puerto Ricans an Irishman and an Argentinian walk into a bar walk into a bar you yeah, know exactly but that's the makeup of the of the posse you know that is true we are like we are practically I think we represent like about half the United Nations right there. Probably you're half
0: Latvian, right? I am half Latvian. Yeah, actually, I think so, yeah. I'm also uh, Chinese on my <laughs> sister's mother's <laughs> brother's side. Yeah, mm-hmm. but you didn't know that. right? I, I had no idea. Yeah.
1: It, was, it was amazing. Yeah, yeah that, 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 exactly. That, your middle name is Wang, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, see, I exactly. Knew that. It's
0: for a reason, pal. <laughs> wow.
1: Well, even, the,
0: even when we do serious, serious topics, stuff, like, just, mad, just you know, right something. to the dick jokes. Yeah. Just right to the dick jokes. <laughs> oh man! But the point is. And, and also, you know, I
1: mean, we all come from different backgrounds and upbringings, but the thing, one of the things I think that we share is that certainly in terms of our schools, they were very diverse. Yes, indeed. I mean, I think back to uh, maybe not so much our grammar school, which tended to be a little bit
0: more white bread, but certainly our high school. Oh, the high school. Definitely. Was humongously diverse. And I think personally, I'm sure that's what the point you're getting to. That was a huge, huge thing for us. Granted- there was still some knuckleheads. Oh, yeah. You know, I oh. personally got called a lot of names by some Inwood boys, but, well, you know, that's, that's right, right. neither here bygons, nor there. my by, big guys, But at least I had backup. Yes. Do you understand right, what I mean? Yes, right. you know yes, what I mean? Yes, yes, you did. There was, it wasn't just where, you know, I got uh, jumped and sucker punched and, you know, I had no, no one to come to the rescue. right. But it was a hell of a melting pot, our high school. I mean, please, you had...
1: I mean, there was, there was Irish, there was... There was everything. ...Italian...
0: Port there was Puerto everything. Lincoln, Muslim, Black, Muslim. I mean, not that Muslim's a race, but you know yeah, what right, I'm saying.
1: Right, right. I mean, no, religion. religion,
0: all religions, creed, races, the whole nine yards. But the thing is now, and, you know, tell me tell me if you feel differently, but I
1: never... I, 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 I gotta put this, I, I just felt like I grew up sort of colorblind, in the sense, like, I recognized other people's, you know, cultural heritages, mm-hmm.
0: But I never thought of them, I never identified them in my own head as by a particular race. Yeah, no, I I, I definitely did. You did. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I didn't grow up in Parkchester. I moved to Parkchester. Parkchester is where we grew up in the Bronx or where we met. I grew up in the South Bronx and there were absolute divisions. Mm -hmm. There were the remaining white folks that you didn't talk to. There were the black kids that you could play with. There were the black kids you couldn't play with. There was the Latin... Gangs that you couldn't really treat with because they would try to get you into the gangs. There were the black gangs that were more black power and not really about mess. You know, you know, there were. Wow. You know, there was all manner of racial divisions. Right. And you had to navigate them. There were the Italian mobsters that used to hang out in the back of the stores. You know what I mean? There were divisions like you wouldn't there believe. There were some bright
1: lines there oh my that gosh, you could yeah, not cross absolutely. or be careful about crossing. There were
0: neighborhoods you just couldn't go into. I mean, for a long time, we couldn't go into Parkchester. Parkchester was a no-go zone. You did not go to Parkchester or you got your because ass Because you were Puerto Rican. Because you were Puerto Rican or you were black or whatever. Wow. It was a no-go zone. Morris Park, another area oh, in the yeah, Bronx. Oh, yeah, right. You couldn't, you couldn't go into that neighborhood. So it was when I moved to Parkchester and met you guys, not that, you know, this is going to be like, blah, but it was refreshing to see guys like you who legitimately, you, John, other guys in the neighborhood who didn't see those differences, you weren't raised that way.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's true. And
0: it was, you know, I, I've told the old joke, you know, it's like, I, I guess that's how white people play. You know right. what I mean? Yes. I was brought up to distrust white folks. Wow. I was brought up from my father, from the neighborhood, from people. It was that whole vibe that, you know, we're being put down by the man. So you and John and even Silvio to an extent, they, you guys were the enemy. You know, I was like white crackers. Exactly right. Exactly right. And I was, you were not to be trusted. We weren't supposed to play with you. So when we moved to Parkchester, it was my mom really, who was like, would turn to my dad and say, you know, stop being an a-hole. This is a new (laughs) neighborhood. You know, let the kids play. Let them play. Yeah. And that was the point where I got my eyes opened. You know what I mean? Right. It was more of a revelation for me to see oh yeah okay not white folks aren't evil you know some people are evil on the white side black side e- latino side that was my awakening wow that's that's fascinating i really
1: didn't i did not have that frame of reference from you before but let me ask you did you feel more cases or or incidents of racism or discrimination in your old neighborhood or when you came to parchester or
0: was it about even would you say no it was more overt in parchester okay in the old neighborhood, you know, it was like there weren't a lot of opportunities. There was what I call the the patronizing racism. Uh-huh. Like we went to a school, all the teachers were white, and we were the, you know, they 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 gave up that missionary vibe. Ah, okay. You know, we're helping the little brown kids. Right, right, right. Or you would go to a neighborhood store, and you know, the oh, you guys, you can't afford this here. Take it, take it. That type. Okay. Which in and of itself is oh, racism, sure. It's right. bigotry. Right. You know. My parents were working. They could have afforded, you know what I mean? Right. But they made a certain leap of assumptions. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. When we got to Parkchester, to our new neighborhood, it was like right in your face. The first day we moved in, oh, here come the Puerto Ricans and the roaches, you know, the the elderly women who actually lived on our same floor. And ironically enough, two years later, my mom was helping the woman who insulted us. As she passed away, she was, like, caring for her the whole nine yards. Wow. So, you know, there's stuff like that that you remember. I don't remember a lot of of the racist stuff that I've had to deal with because in a lot of ways, I don't deal with it that much because I don't look traditionally Latino. You -hmm, know, when you mm -hmm. think of, you know, brown skin, the whole nine yards, I look more Anglo than anything else. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. I get heat from both sides too. You know, from the Latino side, you know, people don't think I speak. For not
1: being Latino enough. Exactly. For not being Latino enough.
0: I've I've had that. I've had people call me wannabe, you know, like I'm a wannabe white. Why exactly? I speak Spanish better than you. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) But I felt it more overtly. And to be honest, and I think most folks in my situation would prefer that in your face racism. I can respect that. I can respect when somebody says, you're a spick, you're a beaner, whatever. Right. And then you know what the playing you, field is. You know is. where they're coming from. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know who to avoid, what to do. You know what I mean? So, oh, that's that's racist Joe. I can, you know, don't don't mess with that guy. Right. But it's the other insidious type of stuff that really...
1: That's is. like below the surface. Because, you know, it's really, it's interesting. I mean, you know, in preparation for this, it was doing some research and thinking back on stuff. And, and Parkchester, believe it or not was whites only until nineteen sixty eight. Yeah. It was that late in the game before they opened you know, they opened Absolutely. it up to to, to non whites. MetLife owned it and then it was sold to the Hemsley Spear right. company and right. stuff. But you know, that's incredible when the first black family Moved into our building, and they might have been one of the first black families in Parkchester. I don't doubt it. My dad was like the first ones to greet them, to yeah. welcome them to the building, right? You know, because like that, they were they were sort of pioneers in a way. I mean, because and this would have been probably about like about maybe a year or two after, mm-hmm. you know, Parkchester uh, you know, when you know integrated, so to speak, right? You know, and then it's funny, but you look at the history of where we grew up, or in, in Parkchester anyway. It wasn't that many years later, like I would say like, you know, six, seven years later when there was the so-called white flight, I remember my friends, they moved to Long Island, co-op city, co-op city, right Rockland right. County, Westchester County. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there was the jokes about it being Darchester. and mm-hmm. I remember really
0: taking umbrage to that, yeah, you know of people people cracking wise about that. It's par for the course in my life experience. And you were raised differently. So the fact that you get upset about it is refreshing to me Yeah. or that you got upset about it. Yeah, no, and I know. So and that I mean, John, you know, Father yeah, John, no, same legitimately, way. So yeah. Legitimately. I
1: mean, you know, I mean, Christ, my mother used to babysit. Actually, that family, she used to babysit their their sons. Mm-hmm. You know, so, I mean, I used to play with them. And I, I, obviously, they were black, but, like, I never, how can I put this? I never consciously sort of it processed right, it. because you were know, like, oh, he's
0: black. <laughs> yes. You know, it, was like, it wasn't an issue. It wasn't. It's like not driving in New York City. It's like, why do you need to drive? Oh, That person's black. You don't even realize it. You know what I mean?
1: Absolutely. You know, I remember in fourth grade, I I had, I was telling a story to my teacher. We had gone down to the Lower East Side and it was my first time seeing the Bowery as a kid. Right. And I remember there was like, you know, that was back in the day when there was the the Bowery bombs. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and I remember telling my teacher about this. I remember saying how there was this black guy who was, I don't know, he was begging or he was doing the squeegee thing with the windshields. And she said, okay, now tell me the story again but don't tell me what color he was. Uh-huh. And it was a real epiphany for me. I was like all all of in fourth grade. Like right. I was just, I was mentioning it as a detail because right. I was just like telling the story, you know, not because it was relevant in terms of what I was trying to say or casting judgment or anything. But that is something that really stuck with me because she was making it a point to say, in a quiet way, you're ascribing certain attributes to him by being because poor of them, because right. of his race. exactly. And one of the most frightening episodes I ever had. And this was not directed at me, but there was a classmate of ours, a guy named Paul Richards. You mm-hmm. know, Paul Richards, yeah. Remember. And there was a newspaper strike, and uh, I used to deliver the papers, and the, our newspaper manager, because he had to make a living, he took up delivering circulars, you know, for like uh-huh. the supermarkets or whatever. And he would get the, his kids, and he would drop us off in certain neighborhoods, and then come pick us up when we were done doing the route. Well, Paul and I were in... Uh, place called Edgewater, which is kind of this poor tiny section in the in Throg's neck. It's like these rundown bungalows and it's it's kind of it's it's seen a better day. Mm-hmm. So Paul and I were out doing our thing, you know, ba bada bot, you know, and Paul, parentheses, is black. Again, you know, was irrelevant to me. But next thing I knew I was being chased by some kids who were calling me an n-lover, mm-hmm. calling him the n-word, and we were I mean we were bolting, we were bolting for our lives and thank god, I mean I don't remember how it was just, of course before cell phones or anything like that. Thank god Mr. Tinetti showed up when he did. I mean like it was just you know he stroking. he's your he, he was your out, boss. the the the, uh, the newspaper uh, carrier manager. We piled into that car and we and I think he even I think he even went like looking for these kids because it was just, and what we were doing. We're not like it's not like we're ringing doorbells, soliciting or mm-hmm. causing trouble or anything. We were just like freaking handing out you know supermarket, supermarket flyers, flyers, you flyers. know, and fences and you know doorknobs and stuff. And it was like I'm telling you, it was it was a really
0: scary, eye opening episode for me. That was reality. That that's what I'm saying. There were neighborhoods in New York City that I could not go into. Me. The way I look. Yeah. So imagine someone like Paul Richards. Right. I mean, who there's no no mistaking. Totally no mistaking from afar. I've had conversations with people about the most racist places in America. Mm. And I would argue New York is one of those places. At least New York in the 60s and 70s. Wow. Because, to your point, there were blocks you couldn't go into. If you were a person of color, yeah, you would legitimately get your asking. There are movies out there that celebrate that. There was a movie. Speaking of Edgewater, I think it was a movie about Son of Sam. I'm not sure if it was um, oh, it's, uh, um, uh, Spike Lee. It's not, yeah, right. Yeah, they, 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 I think part of that movie was set in that Edgewater oh, neighborhood, my gosh. and it was exactly that. You know, guys would come out with bats. You know, Tony, give me the bat, you know what I mean? Yeah. We got a moolie in the neighborhood, you know what I mean? That type of vibe. Well, we,
1: we you know think about it too. We we grew up in a time when what's his name Gets, uh, forgot his first name. Bernie Gets, Bernie Gets, the subway vigilante. All kinds of racial uh, oh, o- God, overtones, yeah. right? Yes, then there was in Brooklyn where um, the black kid was being chased by the white kids and got uh, hit Howard by, Beach. Howard Beach got hit yeah. by a car. So I mean, like there was like all these these this undercurrent of racial tensions. And then this is what I'm saying. It was always there though, right? And this, but this was like bringing it all to the fore. Right. And, you know, and against, you know, to your point about New York being one of the most racist places, I mean, you know, you think back about All in the Family, right? Mm -hmm. And where was Archie based? Queens. Queens, hello. Uh, Yep, exactly. Sunnyside,
0: Astoria. Right. I mean,
1: and Norman Lear did a great job of, like, both sort of undercutting him and making him a buffoon and making a social commentary out of it, and we could laugh. But, like, some of it was like, you know, those were like, you could say, oh, that's my
0: uncle. Dude, that's my neighbor in Parkchester. Right, yeah, that yeah. was exactly what we were dealing with. That's, that's The stuff that, that the old ladies in the elevator were saying is exactly what Archie Bunker would say. He wasn't playing it for comic effect. That was reality for people like me. Yeah. Those were words that we heard. In fact, he wasn't saying things as rudely as we would have heard in reality. right. But that was our- That was the undertone, though. That was the absolute undertone. And you know what? The point of this conversation is, because you mentioned Charlottesville in -hmm. the beginning, we have those separations. That's why New York in the 60s and 70s and even the 80s was such a racist, you know, I'm doing like the air quotes quotes, with my fingers, such a racist and bigoted area. Even what you're saying, you were colorblind and you were shocked by this because you didn't experience it. You didn't- the people in your world didn't know enough Paul Richards in their lives mm-hmm. to know, this is stupid. Why are we afraid of these people? No, they're not savages. They're not this or whatever you're told because Italians stayed in their neighborhood. Irish stayed in their neighborhood. Right, right. Black stayed in their neighborhood. Puerto Ricans and the Dominicans stayed in their neighborhood. You know what I mean? It was that division. And that's exactly what's happening in the rest of the country right now. You've got these suburbs where there are generations of people who have never met and had a conversation with a black person, let alone a Latino. Right. Do you understand what right. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So you get all these weird misconceptions about who these people are and what they do. And oh my gosh, you know, you know, they're killing each other. It's that lack of interaction, that lack of mixing Well, everything is so insular. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I mean, and, you know,
1: I've worked in places where, you know, honestly, there was the only, you know, minority population, and I hate to say this, were those people who were in in prisons in, in, you know, way, way, way upstate New York, which is as white bread as you could possibly possibly get. You know, and there's just no, as you say, there's no uh, cross-current, there's no interaction. And at the risk of sounding naive, I, I sometimes... I'm I'm just – I find myself at such a loss not only for how we don't get along but like how people can have such deep-rooted, furious hatred. It's like what – like where does that well up from? Like you have to be raised that way, mm-hmm. right, right? Absolutely. I mean, that's going to be indoctrinated in you. Absolutely. And it's just, it's a mystery to me. I mean now I will speak from my own heritage. Half of me, you know, my mom grew up in – well, sort of World War Two – You know Germany Mm -hmm. and post World War II. Post World War II, but her older sister was you know World War during World War II, and she was actually part of you know Hitler's uh, you know Nazi youth group. And you know uh, my mom grew up on a small island in the North Sea in um, the Frisian Islands. And you know when I went to visit Germany a couple of years ago, I was hearing all these family tales, including one in which my aunt was invited to go to the dock when she was about maybe 13 or so as part of the, this Hitler Nazi youth thing and spit on the Jews wow and my grandfather who was not only not a fan of Hitler but like an out you know an outspoken opponent said basically, like, you know, if you go do that, you're going to, like, get an ass whooping. And so she didn't. And, you know, my grandfather also stood up to the, the Nazis. He almost got arrested one time for not doing the, you know, the, the, the Heil Hitler salute in the, in the, when some Gestapo agents were, you know, walking down the street. But it's like, I don't know, it sort of blows my mind that people
0: could indoctrinate their children mm-hmm. into thinking like that. You well, know, it's like... But think about it, man. The whole Charlottesville thing. You got these idiots walking around with tiki torches... 20, 30 years old, where did they learn this crap? Where do they know, how do they know it from? From what? You know, and then you have, the the thing that affected me the most, the thing that really, like, a punch in the gut, is after that, when you read comments from people who experienced this in World War II, Mm -hmm. saying, you know, a 90-year-old guy saying, my friends and family fought and died in a foreign country to stop Nazis, and I have to see this in, in, in America. In America. Yeah. That's the stuff that really gets you. And you, you realize that the misinformation that's being passed on and the, the dangerous rhetoric. Uh, let's leave Trump out of this. Mm-hmm. It's just in general, the, the lack of common sense and the lack of education, I think, is the biggest problem here. From a Latino point of view, the one thing that I was told and from a young age— The only way to survive a racist or a bigot or any type of situation where you feel put down or pushed back is education. Mm. You have to be smarter than that person and Uh. you have to work twice as hard. That's the only way to survive. Guarantee you, every black person listening to this, every Latino, every minority listening to this knows or has had the same conversation. So it's frustrating when you have a situation where there's just pure. Let's be honest, just pure fucking stupidity. Oh my god, yeah. just straight up yep. stupidity. It's frightening. That is more frightening to me than a straight up bigot. Some guy comes up to me and calls me whatever. I'm like, all right, whatever. What are you gonna do? You're gonna you gonna punch me? To, you know, right. take your shot. Whatever. But it's the stupidity that propagates that generation after generation that terrifies the crap out of me. That part terrifies me.
1: And, you know, know, they say, uh, you know, sunlight is the best antiseptic. And certainly there's been plenty of sunlight shed on these various groups and these you know and, and let's face it social media is a is a great amplifier it's a great megaphone for all of for this.
0: both sides for, for both sides let's be
1: blunt but yeah. it is also i mean it's it's also introduces poison into the conversation as well of course you know i mean it's it i don't know that, that's a whole other conversation but you know how do you go about creating a dialogue or having a conversation and you know let's face it too i mean you, you know to your point earlier about the uh, the lack of intersection or lack of, of uh, inclusion among the groups, people are moving to neighborhoods or moving to areas where they want to be among, quote-unquote, their own kind. Mm-hmm. And God forbid they should... I mean, I would argue that probably parts of the
0: Bronx now are less integrated than what they once were when we were growing Absolutely. up. Absolutely, and they will be more so because now there's this reverse migration from the suburbs into the cities. Mm-hmm. And what's being left out there... Are the folks that are still in that mindset that oh my God the cities that's where the crime is that's where the evil is that's where the blacks blah, 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 you know. I don't know how to fix it. I mean, that's not the point here. That's no, not what I mean, we're trying I mean, to we're do. we're not going to
1: solve the world's problems. But, you know, I mean, I think we... At least not today. Not today. Right. Uh, but, you know, but I mean, I think the thing is we are of a certain age and life experiences. I'm a white guy. So, I mean, I probably have benefited from that, whether I know it or not, over time. I certainly haven't felt, you know, the, uh, uh, the effects of, you know, r- reverse discrimination or racism myself. But... Those around me, I've been witness to it. And again, it just, you know, and I, I know, I'm sure this sounds like naive, but to me, it's just, it's dumbfounding and head scratching. I just like, I don't, don't fundamentally get it. Mm-hmm. You know, how people can just have that kind of, that fire in their belly or just that, like, as you said, they're just straight up, just,
0: you know, overdose on stupidity pills. Right. That that's their, their, their point of view. I know there's a lot of folks of color who would listen to you and be pissed off and upset Mm -hmm. and say, well, you know, it's your responsibility. No, I think we need more people like you where it's just not something that occurred to you, that you did not think in those terms, that you didn't life decisions based on the color of a person's skin or who you talk to or who you engage with. That's what we need more of. And what I do agree with, with a lot of these, you know, folks who are very strident, Mm Mm-hmm. We're not, people of color are not going to decide this. It's the other side that's going to decide this. It's the other side that's going to make this happen. We don't have the power. Mm -hmm. Period. We don't. The other, quote unquote, the other side, folks like yourself, you guys are the ones that are going to fix this problem. I know what I'm saying is probably going to be controversial, But it's not up to us. It's not up to Puerto Ricans. It's not up to Latinos. It's not up to blacks. The paradigm change is not on our side. Right, right. You know, and to be
1: clear, I want to be careful. You know, we're not casting this in political terms that this is,
0: you know, an alt-right
1: thing or a left. thing. Let me tell you, I know
0: know a lot of left-leaning liberal Democrat racists. Yeah, there you go. Right. I'm going to be blunt. Words you would not
1: ordinarily think you would string together. Exactly,
0: exactly. And, you know, and to your point— earlier
1: i think the other thing that is is more like perhaps the most insidious you know to your point earlier about like somebody being up in your face up in your grill mm-hmm. and and very blatant about it is the coded messages yes, absolutely. or the coded word the dog whistling yeah the dog whistling you know and that is i, yeah, I don't know i mean it's, it's, like, it's like
0: for me it's like nails on a blackboard kind of thing absolutely. it just just drives me like you know crazy Well, see and that's what i spend most of my time on social media doing especially on Twitter, just calling that stuff out. Mm -hmm. More people need to point it out because, again, it's educational. If you start saying, well, you know, this is wrong because X, Y, and Z. Oh, that's a lie because what? No, the whole taking a knee thing is not about the, you know, the troops. It's about, you know, cops killing blacks. (laughs) Right. Making sure that that information Fighting the opposite propaganda battle right. is what's important. That's the biggest weapon of all, just fighting the propaganda battle.
1: I don't know. It it feels like, you know, for our kids, I don't know what this next generation, what they will sort of come away with in, the, in this world. I don't know if it's going to be
0: better, worse, about even. It's going to be better. You it's going to be so? better. Oh, yeah. There's no question about it. This is a necessary thing that's happening. Are we going through growing pains, in a sense? Yes, this had to happen. This is not a surprise to a lot of people. You go from dipping into the political side, Mm -hmm. you go from having our first black president. Bill Clinton? Bill Clinton, exactly, Bubba. Our first black president, Obama, who was a gracious guy, but, you know, from strictly political terms, may not have been the best political tactician Mm -hmm. in office, but... He comported himself the way a president was expected to comport himself. He made some horribly bad decisions from pure political science terms. Right. right? But there was a group, there was a huge swath of the country that just saw a black man in the White House. And that was all they needed. That was it. That was it. So that pendulum needs to swing back to the other side before it settles in the middle. That is my personal Uh, belief. Okay. It's going to swing from this side to the other side where we are now, and then it's going to settle down.
1: Well, you know what? Actually, I've got the answer for this, though. How's
0: that? Because Mother
1: Nature's just going to take care of all of this. Of course. She's going to destroy because, yeah, us yeah, I mean, like, well, Armageddon was called for, what, September 23rd, I think? Was, yeah, exactly. What, supposed to be the end of the world. Yeah. I think that's what's going to happen is we're just going to, like, there'll be, uh, or, you know
0: what? what? There'll be the nuclear holocaust, and we'll start, we'll start from scratch. Let me tell you something. North Koreans, they're not going to bomb us. No? No. They they can barely get it over Japan, okay?
1: They, they can barely get it up. So yeah, they
0: can barely get it up. I am not worried about the North Koreans. Honest to God, I am not worried about the North. So Koreans. their
1: ICBMs need a little dose of Viagra. Yeah, a little, you little know Cialis? what?
0: Seriously, the North Koreans are not a threat. All right, you know who's a threat? Who's that? Seriously, a threat the Mexicans coming over the border and taking our jobs. All right. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. No, wait. We're we're out of here. I'm supposed to be on the other side, right? (laughs) Yeah. Oh.
1: (laughs) On the other side of the wall. (laughs) Damn, on the other side of the wall.
0: Oh, that was bad. I am very hopeful. I am very hopeful that things are going to get better. And you know me for a long time. Yeah. I am not an optimist.
1: And and I will actually take the opposite position here where I'm not, not that I'm pessimistic, but I'm... I'm not optimistic. I am. This I am, is necessary, dude. I'm sort of like.
0: No. I'm neutral to negative, I guess I would say. This is necessary. This is absolutely necessary because you have to scrape bottom before you go back up. Yeah. And this is where we're scraping bottom. It can't get any worse. There's no From question. From your lips to, my, to God's
1: ears, is what I would say. It
0: can't get any worse unless people start shooting each other. Uh, wait, no, uh, never mind. Never mind. Sad trombone. Yes, yeah, sad trombone. <laughs> no, I honestly do feel optimistic about the future,
1: especially for our kids. Can I just say though, the only thing my biggest concern about our kids—what's that—is that they find jobs that pay well enough that they could take care of us in our old age. That's
0: all I want. I mean, seriously, I, need, I,
1: I want a home, health healthy. That's all I want.
0: Somebody's going to change my diapers. Absolutely. You know? that's all I want. I told my daughter already. I said, you know, because I, I, you know, my kid, you know, right now he he's going to be a race car driver. He says. <laughs> So I don't know about long-term, you know. So my daughter, you know, if you're listening, Nina, you got to take care of your Papa old man. relying on Yeah, exactly. On exactly. No, I'm optimistic, dude. I'm optimistic. We did a good job with our kids. Hopefully there are enough other people out there who are doing a good job with their kids. And there's always going to be a segment of the population, a segment of the population that are just cannot, you can't change their mind, Right, man. right. They are what they are. Right, yeah. And read a book, folks. Just go read a book.
1: Yeah, that's a good idea. Seriously. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? If you can't read a book, read about Men Radio. Read about Men Radio. Yeah, the blog. The blog. Yes, the blog. exactly. Go to Facebook. Go to uh, our, our blog. I mean, you'll be entertained. You'll you'll laugh. You'll cry. You know. Yeah. I that's mean. true. And it's and, and you know what else? What is that? It's free. It is free. It's free. We we haven't started free the pay, free. We haven't started the subscription service or the paywall or paywall. Our, our premium <laughs> channel. <laughs>
0: about men radio about after dark. <laughs> <laughs> the dark they saw a channel nobody needs to see that wow. Wow. hi did you order a pizza here's your pizza here's- wow it's really hot in here here's your pepperoni <laughs> Wow. I just had to play that all the way out to its logical extension. Dick jokes again. Dick jokes again. We just can't help ourselves. All right. Uh, So, what's the email
1: address? Email address is uh, aboutmenradio at amr.com. Is it? I think so.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Aboutmenradio at amr.com? I don't think so. (laughs) <laughs> it's amr at aboutmenradio.com? <laughs> uh, yes, I think what you just said. Something like that. Find us on Facebook. Just it's a lot look it up. Google it well, go- for go- God's sake. Just, sakes. you know, Google
1: it. Just, just write it. Tell your friends about us. Look at us up on Twitter. You know, go to the blog. And, and, and you know what? More importantly, right. if you haven't caught up on the podcast, yeah. This is this is gold for your ears This is gold for your ears. This okay. is
0: ma- manna from heaven.
1: Like like nothing else is going to fill your ears. I mean just think of it it's almost like that scene from from Khan. Yeah. You know where he where Khan introduces that worm that No yeah. wait, minute, hold on. That's no, not what no, I mean. That's no. Not what sorry. You mean. Wrong thing. Nope.
0: Yeah. No. Bad, no bad, bad,
1: bad bad choice. By the
0: way, if we're going to be racist, yes. You know what? All of us black, white, brown. Yeah. We should all band together and be racist against the machines that are going to rise up and kill us in our sleep. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the smart Actually, thing to do. Actually, that's the next
1: level of discrimination. There you go. Is against the robots. Nice. Yes. Yeah, so nice. That's a conversation for another. For time.
0: Another, another time. Yeah. Another so
1: we'll time. we'll we'll we are going to do our outro with the uh, Terminator theme music here. God, I love that music. Seriously, it is. It does rock.
0: Take us out of here. All right, folks.
1: Thanks very much for listening. You've been a great audience. God bless.